Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 17th of August. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business, finance, markets, reporting season. The list is getting longer, Andrew. It is. <laughs> uh, where our heads are spinning. What are we, halfway through? Maybe. I don't even uh, think we're... I don't think we've hit the high water mark yet. Oh, come on, please. No, I mean, <laughs> we are keeping our eyes out for many, many more companies, including BHP after the bell yeah. today. I'm not seeing that yet, but I am seeing that Viva Leisure is out after the bell. Uh, look, we'll get to reporting season in a moment. I think the index itself is something worth talking about. Yeah, in fact, it uh, was off over 1%. In fact, the ASX 200, um, I think it was probably down 0.9%, but it is the worst day in two months. Um, generally, results have been a bit downbeat today, don't you think? Well, certainly the market reaction to the results. I mean, yeah, let's go there then. We had uh, Breville Group just absolutely getting hammered right from the get-go when its result was released. And that was on pretty solid numbers coming through, off by close to 9% by the end of the day. Supply chain risk, they flagged the fact that people will likely be spending more on services rather than buying things potentially going forward. And the dividend cut. Now, the dividend was cut last time around as well because Breville is wanting to reinvest in the company uh, to help its growth profile, especially as it continues to expand into other geographies. But yeah, I guess it was just a confluence of all those negative factors that really saw shares being hit. Magellan, Magellan Financial. Yeah, uh, off, the worst. off over 10%. Uh, obviously, as, you know, as far as funds management is concerned, uh, that certainly weighed on the market. Uh-huh. Uh, and that's the worst since the uh, the big sell-off in the wake of the pandemic, so March 2020. Yeah. Um, look, I just think, you know, um, some of the companies I spoke to today, they're really uncertain about, um, you know, well, they're reluctant perhaps to issue guidance, and that's understandable given where we're at at the moment. Hmm. Um, you know, and that's uh, what's going on as far as the lockdowns and where this Delta variant is taking us. Andrew, New Zealand's Prime Minister Jacinta Ardern, announcing a nationwide lockdown right. over one COVID-19 yep, one case. case. Not confirmed that it's the Delta variant. Don't you think that's going to impact sentiment? Really? Yeah, absolutely. Well, in fact, of course, the RBNZ meeting tomorrow, mm-hmm. uh, there was an expectation perhaps they were going to lift rates by 50 basis points. That's now been dialed back um, as far as expectations are concerned because of this one case. So the entire country going yeah. into lockdown. Uh, the New Zealand dollar dropped about 1%. It was about quarter to three when we had confirmation about that one case. Uh, I spoke with Sarah Hunter from BIS, Oxford Economics, well, close to 4 p.m. Sydney time. Uh, that'll be up online if you'd like to take a listen. She said, look, the RBNZ 
will still cut tomorrow. Like she never thought that there was going to be that double hike that they're talking about. Sorry. Raise. Cut. Raise. Yes. She, she said say, not double. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's so, so counterintuitive really at this stage of the game. But, um, but she did say, look, it's a credibility issue, even if they were concerned, which likely they won't be because New Zealand has a good history of keeping these things contained. Vaccination rates are getting up. It, it comes down to central bank credibility. They couldn't change their mind after one COVID case. Yeah, and you have to look at also the RBA minutes um, looking possibly of increasing their bond buying program. Well, of course, we were talking about pulling it back. Um, so that's something they're considering, obviously, also because of the worsening COVID outbreak, particularly in Sydney. But, but the thing is, is that it's not just here in Australia, China. We're seeing a Delta outbreak and really mounting fears about it there. So again, we are continuing to see just expectations for global growth being tempered. That's keeping things risk off, particularly in the Asian region today. And even in the U.S. where we did see the S&P 500 print that uh, fresh record high, people going in there and buying the dip. Colorado from IG pointed something else, you know, really early in the session. That was pre-market open saying, yeah, but if you look at where people are investing, changing to a more defensive stance. And so that also is indicative of just, I mean, it's not risk off or anything the like. Um, you know, people are still investing in equities. That's still the preferred um, place to put your money. But uh, the where people are investing is starting to change. Yeah, interesting, just the local market too. And I was talking to, to Marcus Droga from Shore and Partners about this, just how we're seeing perhaps the underperformance of the local market reflected reflecting essentially what's going on with Australia and the outlook and perhaps there's a weariness as far as Australians in lockdown and investors are becoming weary at the same time. Um, because there's only this week too we've been hearing about where the ASX 200 is going to end up at the end of the year. People talking about the 8,000 mark. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's silly, clearly not a consensus view because um, you know other investors and commentators saying, well, look, Given what's going on as far as the Delta variant is concerned, that could be a big question mark as to uh, where earnings are going over Mm -hmm. the next six months at the same time. Yeah, Dean Fergie from Cyan today, he said, uh, look, he doesn't view reporting season, because a lot of people have been talking about reporting season as that catalyst to get the market to 8,000. He said that's not how he sees it. Um, actually, his interview, I believe, is available via the show notes. If you'd like to take a listen to that, we talk about a couple of company specifics uh, in that chat as well. And um, yeah, just just you know, with the lack of outlook and everything. I mean, you had a chat with uh, with Domain Group today. I did. Yeah, Jason Pellegrino from Domain. Um, interesting. The headline out of that I saw from uh, various websites is they're paying back JobKeeper. Uh, that was a decision the board made, but um, obviously saying that that is the right thing to do. But look, um, you know, the, the company doing well, it's declaring a final dividend of four cents a share. That is, in fact, the first in two years. Mm-hmm. So that's a positive. Uh, it's increased its revenue, its earnings, its profit. He's fairly confident. However, a little cautious just as far as offering guidance at this point, because once again, not sure how this is all going to play out. So Domain was our stock of the day. And we had Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool and Mark Morland from Team Invest taking a good look at Domain. Let's have a listen. Domain has is that they, they came into the market where you have a dominant player, which is REA, you know, realestate.com. Realestate.com is 10 times bigger than Domain. And no matter what Domain's done as far as spending a fortune on marketing with Fairfax and so on, they ne- they've never really, I don't think, been able to make any serious inroads on REA. 
And if you look at their numbers, they've only been listed for three years, so it's not enough history for us anyway. But I wouldn't consider uh, Domain. I'd buy REA, but it's not a 61 PE. This is a really, really good result. It's hard to see it as anything other. Um, 10% growth in revenue, 20% growth in profit. Uh, it, not much more you can ask of a company, particularly in the la over the last 12 or 18 months. So I can't complain about the result at all. I share Mark's concerns. I do like REA more than Domain. I don't dislike Domain as much as some might. So I'm not convinced it's a losing proposition as a business. To, to Mark's point, 60 times earnings, um, yeah. even with the sort of growth it delivered, I do think it's way overpriced for what you're getting. Yeah, it's, it's uh, not going in the portfolio. Mm. <laughs> Essentially, they're saying uh, good result, mm -hmm. but uh, it is expensive. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and uh, a lot of people in the space that we've spoken with favor REA Group um, as being the best of the bunch. But, you know, two opinions always make a market. Domain Group was one of the few companies that reported today that ended up in positive territory, up by 4%. So there you go. Um, Andrew, as we look toward tonight, uh, we do have a lot on the agenda in terms of macro. Now, we are... Well, it looks at least at this time, if we timestamp this, almost 5 p.m. here in Sydney, that it will be a negative start for European and U.S. markets. Delta concerns remaining high. And we've got U.S. Federal Reserve Chair Jerome Powell speaking tonight. Now, it's a speech. Um, it's at, a, it's at an, some sort of an education uh, or setting, educational setting. So will he mention taper or will he take this opportunity to start giving a little bit of a warm-up, an appetizer, you could say, before that Jackson Hole Symposium. So Taper is very much going to be the, um, the focus of, of any listening into Jay Powell tonight. Well, once again, it's the Delta outlook, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Is that going to influence the way they're thinking? Uh, certainly recent commentary, you'd say not, you know, given the economy is uh, continuing to power along. But look, yeah, hopefully we get uh, a little more guidance there from Jay Powell. Interestingly, also getting some um, UK data too. That's looking pretty strong at the moment, just as far as unemployment and um, consumer prices are concerned, and also wages growth in the UK. So that's looking really positive over there. However, once again, they're also a little concerned as to uh, how this is all going to play out with the Delta variant. I timestamped it, so I may as well say that BHP's news is just hitting the wires as we speak. Andrew, full year underlying attributable profit at $17 billion. That's up from just over $9 billion in the previous corresponding period. Interim dividend at $1.01 US per share, fully franked. So final dividend, record final dividend of $2 per share. So that is big payout coming through. Uh, the breakers on this are about as long as my arms, so just forgive <laughs> me if I don't get to them all, but it does say the company that it remains positive in its outlook for long-term global economic growth and commodity demand. I have just fast-forwarded to Woodside, so it is uh, confirming that there will be a deal done with Woodside. It will Woodside and BHP will be creating a global energy company. It will be selling its oil and gas business to Woodside Petroleum. It's really interesting timing, this, what they're doing here, because BHP, its strength has been its diversity and mm -hmm. it's had oil and gas as well as iron ore. The iron ore price has come off significantly just recently. 
It is putting more of its eggs in one basket, is it not? It does have exposure to copper, though, still, and some of the other more diversified commodities. Uh, There have already been ESG concerns raised in terms of this Woodside um, taking over the BHP energy assets. So I wonder if that is part and parcel of uh, some of the concerns as BHP looks to transition to some more clean, more forward focused commodities. Uh, just now that you've mentioned iron ore, because of course everybody will be hanging on what these iron ore plays, players say about iron ore. It does say that it expects to see the iron ore price uh, start to retreat, or I suppose continue to retreat. Um, uh, yeah, that line has just disappeared from my screen as more <laughs> look to take it over place, uh, take its place. It's also saying that copper's short-term outlook for demand remains constructive. So, look, there's a lot of information to go through in BHP. You're going to have to do that by the time you speak with the CFO tomorrow, Andrew. That's right. That's <laughs> about uh, 1 o'clock thereabouts uh, Eastern tomorrow, and Ausbiz will get the lowdown directly from the company when, yeah. we, uh, when we speak to them. Oh, it's really interesting, this stuff coming out about the oil and gas um, uh, business with Woodside. I'm going to go read that report, Andrew. Um, should we call it a day? I mean, it's been quite a day. Materials down by 1.3% as a sector of financials. I mean, CBA was hit so hard. Yeah, finished down over 3 and a third percent We will continue on with it tomorrow. Nadine, have a good night. You too. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.